me, we'll do our declaration. So this is God's word, not Pastor Ray's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 6. You'll see me flipping between up and down with this, right? I needed to see my notes, but if I keep it on, I don't get to see you down there. So, oh yeah, I need to keep this up present, right? So I'll flip between, right? So 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 6. It reads, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you are Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Father, we thank you for your word. We invite your spirit even now to to teach us from your word. Open our eyes, open the understanding of our hearts that will receive truths and principles from your word that will help us to live and live better and godly in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You may... You may be seated. So I will start a, a new series um, today, um, Gifts of the Spirit. Recently, Pastor concluded the, the fruit of the Spirit. And so we figure flowing into the gifts would be a good, a good transition. So this is the first part. And the first part title is Understanding the Gifts of the Spirit. Understanding the gifts of the Spirit. So Paul starts in Corinthians 12. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Don't want you to be misinformed. I don't want you to lack knowledge. And he continues verse 2 to say, You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. So Gentiles are those who are outside of the covenant of God. Alright? So you were once outside, carried away by dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want to make known to you, he says, that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. So nobody speaking by God's Spirit can say bad things about Jesus. Alright? And no one can say Jesus is Lord except that the Spirit is leading. Alright? So in this text, Paul started by stating his purpose. And the purpose was to dispel ignorance. He wanted to be certain that the believers knew about his spiritual gifts. 
in the book of Isaiah, chapter 4 and verse 6, the word of the Lord states that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, you remember that saying, what you don't, what you don't know can't hurt you? Not no go so. You, you might be getting into some trouble because you don't know some stuff. So, it is important to get knowledge. It is therefore my intention to, to copy Paul's purpose. I also want to dispel ignorance. I want to impart knowledge. And I want to clear up misunderstandings about the gifts of the Spirit. See, God has given each believer a combination of opportunities and gifts that is perfectly suited to his or her situation in life. Every Christian is really a minister with a unique contribution to make to the body of Christ. I want to repeat that. Every Christian is a minister with a unique contribution to make to the body of Christ. Now, I want to stress it because when you hear about minister, you look to the pulpit. But, but every believer is a minister. Everybody has a part to play in the whole message of God's kingdom going out. So you can't leave it to the pulpit alone. Or else the people who you work with who never go to church won't hear. So every believer is a minister. The central trust of your ministry depends on the spiritual gift you have received. When the Holy Spirit descended... In the, book of in the book of Acts, sorry, on the day of Pentecost, a new organism was created. This organism consists of all those who have received the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. So, so Christians now become new people. All right? As long as you are a believer, you are a new person. Corinthians says new creature. All things passed away, and behold, you are a new creature. Amen? So, so as long as you are saved, long as you receive Christ in your heart, you are a part of this new organism. Throughout the scriptures, this organism is called a holy temple, and the believers are its living stones. But most frequently, the, the, the metaphor used is the, the body of Christ. Let, let's look to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 20. It reads, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each of them, in the body just as he pleased. 
And if they were all one member, where would, be, would the body be? But no, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Suppose metaphor of the church could not be more appropriate because the universal church and our local church are unities which are built out of diversities. In this analogy, each Christian has been given a special function to perform and the ability to fulfill it in a way that will benefit the other members. So there is a quantitative and qualitative growth when believers discover and actively use their spiritual gifts. Each part of the body depends on the rest for its well-being, and therefore there are no useless organs. Let me, let me, let me share a, a joke with you. There was an argument one time with all the, the body parts. So the eye say I'm the most important part. Then the ear says, bridging top and eyes is me. And then the mouth says, bridging, you want to talk about me. And the brain got involved. And so every part wanted to say, I am the more important part, the most important part. And then the bottom spoke. And all the other members started to laugh. And say, bridging, you will stay on the Santa eyes. So the bottom got offended. And the bottom decided, say, Watch out to me, I know. And so him decides, say, not now, pass. Lockdown. Now let out nothing. Guess what happened? Everybody had to apologize because now they realize that if the bottom don't function, the eye is going to have problems. You get it, right? So, so here's what it is. That you may think the bottom not important. Wait until this stuff work. No part of the body is useless. Amen? No part is useless. So just as no organ can function independently of the, of the others, so no Christian can enjoy spiritual vitality in a relational vacuum. The Spirit has sovereignly distributed spiritual gifts to every member of the body, and no single member possesses all the gifts. Thus, growth does not take place apart from mutual ministry and dependence. So, so you remember this song? Like I said earlier on, a lady said, gone, so we now have no, oh, Kevin, they here can't sing, eh? There's an there's a old song. Earlier on, the young people laugh off of me because they might wonder, we might talk about song, but I have to know that I sang there. But it's an old song. Um, so I'll start, but I don't sing so well. So you're going to help me sing it, right? So it starts, I need you. You need me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God. All right. So a few people know it, right? So we're not so, we're not so, so up in our ears. Don't you? Some people know it. It's important, though. I remember, I remember we used to have a ministry years ago. We used to close every service with singing that. And it provided kind of that bond between the people that, that we realized that, that you are important to me. I'm important to you. You don't 
succeed if I'm not. You, you can't do it without me. I can't do it without you. We need, we need each other. And, and that's, that's exactly how this spiritual thing, spiritual gifting works. None of us have all the gifts. And so the part that I get to play complements the part that you get to, get, get to play. I, I was sharing earlier on that, that there are people who we know today, we call them big preachers, who started out small. So everybody knows T.D. Jakes. Bishop Jakes said that he started out doing car park. Like, like you see the men downstairs directing you to the park. One pastor I know said he was to be the, the bathroom person. So he would stand at the bathroom door, and as somebody comes out, he goes in fresh up before somebody else goes in there. There are people who clean the church. There are people even now with the COVID. There are people who come in after first service, spray the seats and wipe them down, clean up. So we call it the sanitizing process. But everybody contributes to a good service. Now, what if the person downstairs in the car park faces with you? You may never come upstairs. So regardless of how good the worship is, or how good the word is, you didn't get to hear it because you were turned away by the parker. I, I heard Pastor Omar say in a meeting one time that, that we can turn people away if the bathroom is not cleaned. So somebody comes in and stops at the restroom before they come inside, but because of the condition, I was going to go somewhere else, leave it alone. Because of the condition of the restroom, they don't come inside to hear the good worship and the good word. And so we'd have lost some people because the outside part didn't allow them to go any further. Now, this is how the whole body works together. When, when the car park person is pleasant and the person at the door is pleasant, and the restroom is clean, then people will come inside. And if they come in and it is not clean either, that is a problem. So they might even come in and still don't benefit from the good worship and the good word that we offer because they were turned off by something else. Every part has to play their part for the whole to go smoothly. Amen? So we, we have to know that, yes, I have a part to play. And if I don't play my part, the other parts may have some problems in getting the message out. Amen? Now, if I mention that we call them big preachers, not big like my size, no, but, you know, they have enough members of them church and popular. So, so we have big preachers who tell you that they started small, as in parking cars and cleaning bathrooms. Do you believe that they would be where they are? If they messed up, don't they? So, you see, God promotes people who serve wherever they are placed. So you don't believe that if you don't get a pulpit position, you can't serve. You you have to serve where you are placed, and then maybe because it's not everybody called for the pulpit position. Um, earlier on, we were discussing, and, and I was reminding of a scripture that says, "Many are called." But few are chosen. So, so it's not everybody get picked for every and any position. So we have to be functioning wherever we are called. Amen? Wherever we get chosen for, that's where we, 
we function. So here are some principles that relates to God's design for spiritual gifts. Number one, there are many types of gifts, or different types of gifts. Number two, every believer has at least one. Number three, the gift is not for you. I say that one again. The gift is not for you. We get the gift to serve others. Amen? Number four, you do not get to choose which gift you get. Uh, so yesterday, I was home, and I put this, this question on my status. If you were to choose a body part, which part would you choose? Um, over 200 people saw it, but three people responded. One said face, and two said brain. Christian looked like him sees and never responds. He might look for me from upstairs. Yeah, but over 200 people saw it. Three responded. One said they'd want to be the face, and the other two want to be the brain. Now, now anybody would pick the bottom? No? People, people will always, if, as long as you ask that question, people will always pick what they believe are the important parts. You know? Number five. That's where I read, right? Your gift is necessary for the whole body to function properly. Your gift is necessary for the whole body to function properly. Next one. Your gift is not more important or valuable and others. All gifts are to be supported and encouraged by others. That's the number seven. That's it. And the last one is we will be held accountable for the gifts we receive. If you remember the story of the talents in the New Testament... When the king comes back, he is going to ask to give an account of the gifts that he gave. J. Oswald Saunders said this. He said, they are not bestowed, and that's gifts we're talking about, they are not bestowed for self-aggrandizement of the recipient or as evidence of a special endowment of the spirit but for the profit and the edification of the body of Christ. The possessor is only the instrument, not the receiver of glory. Let me say that part again. The possessor is only the instrument, not the receiver of the glory. Because all glory goes to God. Amen? So, I I have use questions as my means of bringing across the helping us to understand the gifts. So questions and then we'll seek to answer them. So the first question is, what are spiritual gifts? What are spiritual gifts? So these are unique skills and abilities given by the Holy Spirit to followers of Christ to serve God for the common benefit of his people, the church. One more time. They are unique skills and abilities given by the Holy Spirit to followers of Christ 
to serve God for the common benefit of his people, the church. Spiritual gifts are sovereign manifestations of the presence and power of God to meet needs present and meet present needs. Spiritual gifts are not synonymous with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is produced from within. Spiritual gifts are imparted without. Um, I, said, I said earlier that 10 weeks of, 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 of lessons Pastor Omar did talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit. And note the word is fruit and not fruits. But, but he did an extensive breakdown of each to help us to get them, to get them across and to get better understanding of, of it. While the, the, the gifts will, will, will make you more popular, the fruit make you more mature. Amen? So people will always talk about you because you prophesy and because you did some miraculous sign in front of them. That, that makes you popular. What makes you grounded and mature is the fruit. You, you can... You can be an immature prophet. You, you can speak in tongues and speak in tongues and still be rude or more. So, so having the fruit kind of gives you some more ground to, to demonstrate the gifts. Amen? Secondly, number two, what are the categories or types of these spiritual gifts. In the text we read from verse 4 to 6 says this. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So, so diversities of gifts, difference of ministries, diversities of, of activities would be the three categories or, or, or types that the gifts fall under. So the first one is considered to be motivational gifts. This is how God works in a believer to shape his perspective on life and motivate his words and actions. Say it again. How God works in a believer to shape his perspective on life and to motivate his words and an action. Every believer receives a motivational gift at the moment of salvation. Now, the Bible names seven. Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, organizing, or mercy. It is how God works in a believer to shape his or her perspective on life and to motivate his words and actions. You, you ever... You ever Wonder why people don't see things how you see it. I wonder why they do things different from how you would do it. Because you are gifted differently from everybody else. I, I shared earlier on that, that Lady Stent loves to, to serve. I, I've gone to, to weddings and Lady Stent in a nice dress, get up and get involved, start serve tables and jump around. Um, there, there are people who just like There are people in here who are givers. They're going to find people and give. They're going to look for opportunities to be, to be a blessing to somebody else. It's just one of the gifts. Um, exhorters, they are, they, are, they are, you know, teaching. The, the, the gifts are here, and we have to find opportunities 
to get them out. So you are always going to see things different from somebody else because of the gift you have. All right? If you, if you try to get me to see it, or you see it, is that you're hoping that I have the same gift that you have. And if I don't have the one you have, you might get in trouble trying to get me to see it how you see it. All right? Second one, ministry gifts. This is the differences of ministries. How God works with a believer does to serve with what a believer does to serve and to meet the needs of others. Ministry gifts are the tools used to build up the church. They are practical, essential, and can-do types of gifts, such as described in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, where he says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So, So these are ministry gifts. These are often confirmed by ordination. If you read in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Paul said to Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. So, so ordination normally takes place for these, for these gifts. So you call them offices. All right? A, a pastor is ordained. Usually an evangelist is ordained. These are offices that are ordained and given. That means it won't be everybody. Imagine a church with all ordained ministers. You, you have to go wonder who going to preach next, isn't true? And then one Sunday you come and vex because whenever you preach. If, if you have been around church long enough, you know that that happens in church where people feel offended because they weren't called upon to preach. Amen? The third one is manifestation of manifestational gifts. And these are the diversity of diversities of activities. And this is how God works through a believer in a given situation to demonstrate his supernatural power. So, so manifestational gifts mean they manifest, they show up from time to time. So these are different from the motivational gifts. That, that you get, that's yours, different from the ministry gifts, the offices, these can be operated in anybody. So, so a gift of healing is you can be in the service, somebody in here not feeling well, and God said to you, go over, go lay hands on that person and pray for them. Um, um, I, I was at a church, and I, I didn't know, I was just told to lay hands on somebody. And I went and, and, and just stand up and put my hand on their shoulder, and prayed and go back to my seat. And after church, I was told that the person wasn't feeling well. And after I prayed, they get better. I said, okay then. But, but I didn't know why. I was just told to go lay hands. Um, so it's, it's manifestation. No, I couldn't all decide to big up my chest and say, oh, I have the gift of healing. And I go around and tell everybody, say, I can heal people. When poor me can't even heal myself. But the gifts, the manifestation gifts show up at the time it is needed. That means... If you are available, God can use you. He can manifest through you at that point. All right? It is not permanent. I, I, when, when I was preparing, one writer says that the Apostle Paul functioned in all nine. So in the, in the text, Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, nine gifts are mentioned in the, in the categories of 
manifestational gifts. Now, one ought to say Paul operated in all nine of them. And that's not impossible. Because, like I said, these are not permanent offices. If the need is there, God can use you to do it. All right? So it just manifests at the time it is needed so that you can minister to the person who is in need. Let me, let me bring out these points quickly to you. The first one, motivational, it says how God works in a believer. The second one is how God works with a believer. And the third one is how God works through a believer. All right? So one is in the believer. Two is with the believer. And the third one is through the believer. Now note though that these are all believers. If you are not a believer, this won't work. All right? You, you must be a believer for the gifts of the Spirit to, to be operational in your life. Next question is, who is given spiritual gifts? So every person who believes in Jesus for salvation is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Spirit grants to each believer spiritual gifts. All right? So as long as you are a believer in Jesus Christ, as long as you are born again, you are given spiritual gifts. Next question, how do spiritual gifts influence the body of Christ? It says, when Christians serve with the spiritual gifts God bestowed, the love of God will be demonstrated, and each believer can experience personal fulfillment and great joy. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 14 to 21. Ephesians 3, 14 says, When I think of all of this, this is Paul writing, I fall to my knees and pray to, God, to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Is, is when all of us do our part, then the fullness of God will be manifested in, in our midst. So think of a, think of a body for real. With, 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 with all organs functioning properly. Just like they were designed to function. So no illness, no issues, everything working as they should. That's how the church is supposed to be. Now, when the church is functioning like that, you look at a, like the picture is a body delivering everything working. Um, all things working properly, delivering on time what's supposed to happen. Everything will be smooth. When we are not doing our part, so like the, 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 the scenario with the body parts, if one part decides to lock shop, 
the rest of the parts in trouble. Any, any part, if the one foot out of two decide not to work, you're going to be happy. If one hand won't work, you can't clap. You have to beat chest and if you're fired or something else to get a sound out. Every part must do their part for it to work. All right? You have to, every part, every part must function if it is supposed to work properly. It says, if believers do not use their spiritual gifts as a result of ignorance, selfishness, laziness, or rebellion, they contribute to dysfunction in the body of Christ. Ignorance, selfishness, laziness, or rebellion, they contribute to dysfunction in the body of Christ. You ever find people who are not satisfied with what position they get? Like I said earlier on, if you're in church long enough, you might book upon some in church. There, there are people who always believe that's not where I want to go and that's not where I should have been placed. And because they don't get placed where they want it, they don't deliver or they don't deliver properly. And so it caused some problem in the whole thing going smoothly. Like, like the scenario I was mentioning, if, if the person who should help you park the car downstairs don't help you, you're going to come upstairs feel disappointed and vexed. And because you come up with bad, 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 bad attitude, you may snap at other people. So you may come and treat the lady at the door bad because somebody downstairs didn't treat you properly. Or you nicely and come in and sit down, but what it does is that it prevents you from receiving from what is happening inside. So you won't even hear the whole sermon. You won't even enjoy the worship service because you have an issue with how you were treated downstairs. Now, imagine everybody doing their part properly. And you walk out and receiving what God had for you for that day and go back home rejoicing. It, it works when every part plays their part. Amen? My last question. Why does God give spiritual gifts? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. From verse 12. It says, and this is from the New Living Translation. Their responsibility, and this is those who have the gift. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced by people trying to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing 
and full of love. You, you, you remember puzzles? The, the, the ones you have to put pieces together to make one, one like a picture. It's puzzle they call it, right? Jigsaw puzzle, wonderful. No, no, every piece have a special spot. And even if it fits somewhere else, the picture itself won't be completed because you didn't find the right location for each part. Now, that's what happens when we don't function properly. Even though you fit somewhere, the end result won't be the same because you didn't go where you were designed to go. That's why it is important for us to, one, know what gift we have and know how to fit it into the big picture. Unless we get there, our churches will always suffer. We will always have issues and struggles because people are trying to function outside of their potential. You're functioning outside of your calling. And that is going to be, be dangerous. God gives spiritual gifts for the edification of the church and to build up the body of Christ in love and unity. These gifts are expressions of God's nature given to equip believers to fulfill his purpose on the earth. Let me bring it down by challenging you with four points. First one, value each gift. Value each gift. Can, can, you, can you help me just preach it to somebody, just point and tell them, value each gift? Value each gift. So though yours is not the one I have and I have one different from yours, you have to value mine. Mine is not more important than yours, and yours not more important than mine. Number two, walk in the spirit. Dear man, preach it with me. Tell somebody, walk in the spirit. So the gifts are spiritual gifts. They are supernatural gifts. They are functioning only when the spirit is at work. So it's like you buy a car and throw water in a gas tank. Something wrong with you. So you're trying to get the car to function with something that it wasn't designed to function with. Just the same. Spiritual gifts can't function with natural abilities. It won't work. It comes from the spirit. You must stay in the spirit for it to work properly. All right? So you have to walk in the spirit. The problems, problems occur when Christians try to live out their spiritual gifts in their own strength rather than through the energizing power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, demonstrate God's love. Say it with me. Demonstrate God's love. So God gives the gifts in love. He gives them for our good and for his glory. And he desires us to use them in love for him and for one another. The motivation of genuine love brings lasting worth to spiritual gifts. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1 to, to verse number 3. So, so Paul, Paul skillfully connected 
Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 in his teaching about the gifts, right? Now, now he showed in 12 the, the gifts that you can have. But when he's closing off chapter 12, he said this, but let me show you a more excellent way. And he starts by saying, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. So though I speak with tongues of men and angels, that's one of the gifts, have not love, I have become sounding brass and a clanging, clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, one more gift, and me understand all mysteries, one more gift, and all knowledge, one more gift, and though I have all faith, one other gift, so I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, gift again, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So demonstrate God's, God's love. There's a, there's a, I'm checking if we have a mature audience, don't you? Children are watching online. There's a, there's a story of a church where a lady went, a gentleman went to the altar for prayer. And the lady went and grabbed his front and beat it. And her reasoning is that this is the spirit say, not behave himself. Praise the Lord. Only a few people get it. Wonderful. No, no. Where's the love in that? So, so whatever the spirit, <laughs> whatever the spirit tells you, you, you have to operate in love. It's a daughter. <laughs> right. You, you, can't, you can't manifest your spiritual gift outside of love. Or you're going to hurt people. Yeah? You'll you hurt people if you, you, you... So whatever the Lord says to you about me, if you don't come to me in love, you're going to cause more problems than, you, than, than good. Whatever. Whatever you understand in the spirit about somebody, if you don't approach it in love, you may cause some problems. Amen? So you, you, have, to, you have to operate the gifts with the fruit. All right? So like, like, like I was saying earlier on, that, that, that if you don't have self-control, you may publicly say something out about me, what the Lord tell you. And that is going to cause more problem in my church than, than you try to fix the problem I have. So, so you can't just say what the Spirit tells you, even if the Spirit tells you. You have to do, use love in delivering these gifts. All right? So, so, so whatever, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, whatever word, gift you have, and whichever gift you're going to use, is not to, to, to embarrass it's not to insult, it's not to belittle anybody else. So if you don't operate in love, if you're not using the fruit of the Spirit, then you are going to cause some problems. Amen? And that's why I believe it's a great transition from pastor teaching extensively on the fruit for us to now go over to the Spirit, to the, to the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? And the fourth one is use the gifts until Christ returns. 
use the gifts until Christ returns. So there is going to come a time when the gifts are not necessary anymore. Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 12 says, Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away a childish childhood behind me. I put, put the ways of childhood behind me, different translations. For, me, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So this is saying that when Jesus comes, we won't need to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. No, no. Just like, I won't need to be listening to learn things about you from him because he's going to be right here with us. So, so when he comes, we won't need the gifts anymore. So for now, let us walk in humility, kindness, purity, perseverance, and hope. Because a time will come when the gifts will not be needed. Amen? So we have to, we have to firstly, and I want to um, recap these four. Value the gifts, everyone. Walk in the Spirit. Demonstrate love. And use the gifts until he comes. Remember, there is going to be a day when we have to give account for the gifts we have. So hiding them is not going to be a good thing. They need to be used. Amen? When you don't deliver your part, it means the body won't function properly. Imagine your kidney decide to take a break. That, that we're talking about, right? Every gift, every part must deliver so that the whole can work smoothly. Amen? May I invite you to stand. Hallelujah. 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 I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me, agree with me, we're all a part of God's body. It is His will that every need be supplied. You are important to me, I need you to survive you are important to me I need you to survive hallelujah so father we we thank you I, I pray God for that unity in the spirit where we understand that we need each other.
where we understand, God, that if one fails to deliver, the entire body will suffer. Where, where we understand, God, that our contribution is necessary. It is important to the body functioning ineffectively. So I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that we will know the gifts you've given us. And that, God, we will make ourselves available for you to manifest other gifts through us, God. I pray that, God, we will serve diligently in the areas you have assigned us. Uh, That, God, in the future, you may promote us to new areas. If it is your will, God, for us to be promoted, we know you will choose us for that task. We thank you for those who have already, God, identified the gifts you've given. We pray today for those, God, who are not yet sure of what you've tasked them to do. I pray that you will store the gifts, Holy Spirit. Uh, cause them to be known, to be aware of what gift, God, and, how, and henceforth the purpose for which you have uh, joined them to this, to this body. You, you place gifts in respective bodies because that's where you want that gift to function. So store our gifts, we pray. Store our gifts, we pray. Cause us to find our part, our specific part in this puzzle of life. Even in the puzzle of this ministry, cause us to find our spot. And God cause us, empower us to deliver in that spot. To to function effectively in that spot. So that God, the body, the whole body can function effectively. Where God, ministry will become easy. Because God, everybody, every part of the body is functioning properly. According to design. According to your will. We commit those online. We pray, God, that even even in their homes and wherever they might be, that, God, you will store the gifts in their lives as well. For those who are not yet saved, God, we pray in the name of Jesus for an encounter with you, O God. Draw them by your spirit, we pray, Father. Draw them by your spirit, we pray, God, and cause them to find their part in your body, that, God, your body will function effectively. We, we don't want to be missing any part. We don't want God to go without any function. We want to have a complete body. Whole body God with every member functioning effectively. Strengthen each part we pray. Strengthen each part we pray God. Those who are functioning we pray for new strength, for new grace God to keep the fire burning. Uh, to keep the service going. God, we pray for new outpouring of your spirit. New strength. New grace, we pray. We thank you today, Father. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you.
and cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Shalom. In Jesus' name. Amen. You will be ministered to by the worship team. Remember, remember, Bible study Wednesday. Join your cell groups. Have a blessed week.